Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. We hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. I want to start with a true news story from a small town in Texas. The headline caught my eye. It said, Church Sued Over the Power of Prayer. Uh, Apparently, there was a small Baptist church in rural Texas, and across the street, uh, the owner of a bar began construction on a new addition. He wanted to add a gentleman's club onto his bar, and as you might imagine, that tweaked the Baptist pretty good. Congregation was outraged. They actually went to the town zoning meeting, and they protested. They said, you can't allow a strip club to be built across the street from a house of worship. It's terrible. It's a travesty, but town officials apparently overruled the church, and the bar owner began construction on his strip club. So the church held a prayer meeting. In fact, according to reports, they held an all-night prayer vigil. They prayed through the night for God to block the bar from opening. But construction began. It moved right along up to the week before the grand opening, when according to this news article, a severe storm moved in over West Texas, and lightning struck the bar, burned it to the ground. This is a true story. The church people celebrated. They were like, woohoo, God answered our prayers. But the bar owner then sued the church on the grounds that they were responsible for this act of God that destroyed his building. He actually took the church to court. He sued them for damages. And in the courtroom hearing, apparently, church leaders denied any responsibility. They they told the judge, no, no, we had nothing to do with that. All we did was utter a few little prayers. We are not responsible. According to the news report, the judge sat back in his chair and he said, well, this is a first. In all my years, I've never seen this. On the one hand, I've got a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer. And on the other hand, an entire church that does not. (laughs) Can I ask, do you really believe in the power of prayer? Or do you have such a, a weak, anemic prayer life that you're actually surprised when God answers? I want to welcome you to week four of our series, Moving Mountains, in which our whole church has come together to pray some big prayers, bold prayers. We're asking God to intervene in situations in our lives that seem impossible to answer. Uh, This week, I've been praying for so many of you. I've been praying for Michael. He said, I asked that God would move our financial mountain. I prayed for Joanne. She said, my daughter, Quinn, that God will move mountains for her in her pursuit of her medical career. Emily, she said, pray for my sister to find a God-fearing man to be her husband. Lots of prayers for spouses and companionship. Raphael said, praying for daily patience as I commute into New York City and that the work I do can be inspiring to others. Pamela said, pray that Christians in Israel and Palestine are strengthened by the armor of God and his peace despite the atrocities and that others would be brought to Christ by their witness. Praying for the mountain of war to be moved. Come Lord Jesus. Amen. Jacqueline said, I pray that the rare autoimmune disease I fight every day has not destroyed my hands. I see the hand specialist next Wednesday pray for me. And I loved Elle's prayer. She said, God, give me the courage to pray boldly with shameless audacity that my will would align with God's will, and if it does not, for grace to accept God's will. I love these prayers you're praying, friends. This is a 40-day prayer challenge. We are on day 28. And some of you have been praying faithfully. You've started every day on your knees, asking for God's will, God's glory in your life. Others of you, maybe you're just joining. That's awesome. 
But I want to speak today to somebody who feels discouraged. Let's be honest. Some of you started strong. You've been praying and praying, believing God for breakthrough, but nothing's happened. And you may be here today wondering why. Like, am I, am I doing something wrong? Doesn't God hear my prayer? And if he hears, then, then why doesn't he answer? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe it's frustrating to you. I came to speak to someone today who's getting tired. Maybe, in fact, you're hearing reports of other people getting their prayers answered, and you're like, God, why not me? Today, I've got a message for somebody who feels tired, for somebody who feels worn out or frustrated by this crisis that you're in, and you've been praying and praying, and the mountain hasn't moved. In fact, maybe, maybe things have gotten worse, and you're thinking about quitting, throwing in the towel on this, this whole prayer thing. Today, God put a, a message of fire in my heart to encourage you to press in and pray through. It's called, the walls will fall. Would you say that out loud? Declare it. The walls will fall. This message is from the book of Joshua, chapter 6. And if you open your Bible, Joshua is easy to find. It's the sixth book in the Bible named after Joshua. That leader that God handpicked after Moses died to lead his people into the promised land. If you remember, the last time we were together, I taught you how God told Joshua, take a step of faith into the Jordan River and lead my people into the promised land. And so Joshua stuck his, his toe in the water. God stopped the Jordan River from flowing and all Israel walked across. And you remember who was waiting on the other side? Do you remember? It said the commander of the Lord's army. This is what's called a Christophany. It is a rare Old Testament appearance of the pre-incarnate Son of God. In other words, Joshua got down on his knees before Jesus Christ. He took his shoes off. And he said, I'm your servant. What's next, Lord? And we learned something important. God doesn't give marching orders until you get on your knees. The plans of God are revealed in the presence of God. So Joshua got down on his knees. He consecrated himself and his cause to God. And Jesus said, let's march. We are going to Jericho. Now Jericho is this ancient city with giant walls that stretched into the sky. See, God's people crossed Jordan, but they didn't possess the promise yet. The one thing standing in their way was the city of Jericho. And God was like, you're going to have to fight your way to claim my promise. This is an amazing story about spiritual warfare. Read with me Joshua chapter 6. It says this. Now, the gates of Jericho were what? They were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. In other words, they were like under siege. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. And they told him to do something strange. He says, I want you to march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for how long, church? Do it for six days. But have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark, the ark of the covenant, the presence of God. And on the seventh day, everyone say seven. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in. Now I'm going to stop here and just show of hands, 
Who has heard the story of Jericho before? You grew up maybe? Yeah, I remember in Sunday school, we actually, we sang a song. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Hey, Jericho. Hey, Jericho. You remember this? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. Take note, Clint, worship team member. But the problem is this isn't a kid's story. It's not a fairy tale. What we just read is a verifiable historical account because you can visit Jericho today for yourself. If you actually look on our map of Israel, you'll see Jericho is right there by the Red Star. It's in the West Bank of Israel. It's the West Bank. We say of the Jordan River. That's why they call it the West Bank. And Colleen and I, you guys know, we took two groups from Liquid to visit Israel in May. We actually ate lunch in Jericho. It claims to be the oldest city on planet Earth. Uh, archaeological digs have proved it goes back to 8,000 BCE. And today, Jericho is home to Arabs, Israelis, and Palestinians. Yes, it is a controversial place right now. And we enjoyed, enjoyed really touring the ancient ruins. In fact, we even took a camel ride. We met a famous person in Jericho. That's Kyra, queen of the she-camels. Look at that. Isn't that incredible? Now, I show you this because the story is historical. It's not fantasy. It's not a child's story. Jericho is real, and you can actually tour its archaeological ruins today. But in Joshua's day, as you can see, and as we read, it was a walled city. And this is so important because Jericho was famous for its very tall, very high, fortified walls. Scholars say the walls were so thick, they were 25 feet high by 20 feet wide. So soldiers could actually stand on top of the walls, and they could actually see for miles. So understand Jericho was a strategic city. This is the gateway into the promised land. And the people who lived here were called the Canaanites, and they considered it invincible. They're like, take a look at our wall, bro. It was a big flex, military strength, might and supremacy. Now, the Canaanites who lived there, understand, were sworn enemies of Israel. They were very wicked, very violent tribe known for intense idolatry. And I want you to understand that God says, Joshua, the only thing standing between you and my promise is this walled city. You're going to have to fight this battle and conquer Jericho if you want to possess the promised land. Understand, friends, for every believer, there are promises that God has for your life that you don't possess yet. In other words, you have to fight for them. You have to go to battle. And prayer is how you bring God's power into your battles on earth. So you can actually take hold of his promise for your life. To me, the problem is this. The enemy always loves to stack up bricks and build a wall between you and God's promise, doesn't he? Even like when you're praying to move mountains, the enemy will set up a wall brick by brick to block you. It can be the brick of discouragement. It might be the brick of doubt, the brick of fear, the brick of, of shame. It could be intimidating. I just wonder today, what's your Jericho? What is the impossible invincible wall standing in front of you? Is it, is, it, is it healing the cancer? You want to believe, but the scans say something different. Is it, is it getting out of debt? Is it finding a soulmate you've prayed and prayed for a spouse? Helping you conceive? Choosing a college? Even going to college? What promise are you believing God for? What miracle are you marching towards? What's your Jericho? Is it a loved one to be saved? And you're like, man, uncle... Uncle Harry, I don't know if Uncle Harry would ever, it'd be a miracle. Is it a financial need to be filled? A relationship healed? 
I understand. You may look at the wall that the enemy has built and you just say, man, there's just, there's just no way. That's how Joshua felt looking at Jericho. Look what verse 1 says. It says the gates, everyone say gates. The gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. They must have just stood there and looked at the walls, looked at the gates, the bars, and thought, there's no way, God. This is impossible. How many of you know impossible situations are not intimidating to your God? Look what the Lord says in verse 2. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, this is, watch this. He says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. This is so cool. Notice that God speaks in the past tense. You see this? It's weird, isn't it? It's like verse 2 contradicts verse 1. God looks at the wall and he says, see, Joshua, I've delivered Jericho already. Translation, your God is so powerful that from his perspective, he looks at your wall and he says, it's already done. I've already given you the victory. Your enemy is already defeated. Let me just tell you, this, should, this, gave, this week, this gave me such huge confidence as I prayed. See, just because something in your life is locked up doesn't mean you won't get in. It may be a sign the enemy knows he can't keep God out. Amen? See, there's always two perspectives on your problem. There's heaven's perspective of your battle. God looks at it and he says, look at this. It's already over. I have already defeated Satan, sin, and death. My son Jesus declared total victory on the cross. Amen? He's like, I've given you eternal life. All the spiritual blessings of heaven are already yours. Just walk on in. That's God's perspective on your mountain looking down from heaven. Understand, he has written your story. He's ordained your days. God sees the beginning from the end. The problem is we're like looking up at it like this. <laughs> we're on earth. Imagine Joshua looking up at these walls being like, uh, okay, God, glad, glad this whole thing's done in your world, but uh, the walls are still standing in mine. <laughs> and this raises a very hard question for every believer. If you walk with Jesus for any length of time, you will face this at some point. What do you do when what God says isn't what you see? Like, maybe you've prayed to claim God's promises. And you're like, I had faith at the beginning of this. But it's, nothing's materializing. Like, maybe you prayed to start a family. You believe God for it. You actually stirred up your faith because you saw other people getting pregnant, but then you go to the doctors, no conception. What happens when you pray and you want to use your, your working gifts for God's glory, but you're actually still out of a job and no gigs in sight? Or you're believing God to heal your chronic pain, and the moment you went off medication, it came rushing back in. What do you do when what God says isn't what you see? Let me welcome you to prayer 301. If you have spent any time really praying, pressing in, believing God for a breakthrough, you have felt this frustration that Joshua must have felt. Some of you have sat here where a preacher has talked about joy, but you go home depressed. Or maybe, maybe you open the Bible in your quiet time and you read about God's peace, but you're home, you're like, this whole thing is full of turmoil. You're like, I want God's peace, but I got a house full of teenagers all rolling their eyes at me. And you're like, Lord, you pray, if you don't change them, I'm going to kill them. You got to move. <laughs> what do you do when what God says isn't what you see? 
Let's be honest. Most of us give up. We quit. We stare at the wall. We say, I guess, I guess God's saying no. And so we actually give up praying. But Joshua asked this question, what if, what if? What if God has something else in mind for you? Because you know Joshua's warriors are like, all right, we're going to attack Jericho. And they start throwing out their ideas. They're like, okay, Joshua, how about this? You want to do the battering ram? Do you want to, what if, no, no, not the battering ram. How about a catapult? You know, we just kind of lob things over and we'll break down. No, not a catapult. How about a grappling hook? We'll scale the walls. And God's like, Joshua, lean in, listen. Don't listen to any of them. Eyes, eyes on me. I'm going to give you a supernatural strategy. Lean in, Joshua. I want you to circle the city. Turn to your neighbor and say, circle the city. Now do it like this. Look at me in the eye and go with your fingers. Go, circle the city. Woohoo! Circle the city. <laughs> he says, I want you to march around the city once with all the armed men, and I want you to do it for how long? How many days? Six days. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. God's like, I got a plan. You're going to walk around the walls once a day for six days. But on the seventh day, how many times are you going around? You're going around, hello? Seven times, which is weird, isn't it? Like, why would you mention that? Let me tell you. Learn your Bible. In the Hebrew scriptures, six always represents the number of man. Think of like Revelation, you know, the number of the Antichrist. Six, six, six. It's what man can do in his limited strength. But in Hebrew scripture, seven is the number of God because it represents perfection, completion. What only God can do in his power. It says, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear that sound, a long blast in the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Can you give me a loud shout, church? Come on, give me a loud shout. Oh, that was sad, man. Ain't nothing falling with that. Give me a loud shout, church. Come on. I came to tell somebody, no matter how big your walls might be, that mountain that's staring you straight in the face, it's not a sign you're not going to get in on God's promise. From his perspective, it may be a sign the devil's getting desperate because he can't keep God out much longer. Circle the city, Joshua. One time, two times, three times, four times, six times. Can you imagine how silly this must have seemed? Circle in the city. Whoop-de-doo. Walking around the walls. Like, I just, I put myself like in the position of these soldiers. I'm imagining like it's the first day of battle and they're like sharpening their swords. They're like, we're getting ready. They put on their helms. I got my shield and they start marching left, 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 right, left, right. Remember, these guys are warriors. They're all like drinking Red Bull, getting amped up. Jericho, Jericho. And all of a sudden it's like, there it is. There's this, whoa, bro, look at the walls. And Josh is like, keep walking, boys, left. Left, left, right, left. And here's the thing. Jericho had very tall walls, but you may not know this. It was actually a small city in circumference. It probably only took him an hour or two to actually walk around it. So I want you to imagine these guys walk around at one time, and Joshua's like, all right, boys, that's good. Stop right there. And they're like, huh, what? Okay, now? And they're like, nope, let's go home. They're like, what? Like, that's it? Day one's over. Let's go back. And they're like walking back to camp, and they're like, I drank a Celsius on the way in here. I was fired up. It's a little bit of a letdown, right? 
The, the alarm bell rings, day two, it's like, oh, here we go. They do it again. They start walking, we're walking, we're circling, we're praying, like, that's it, guys. Now imagine you're one of these warriors. Day two ends, and you, again, you're just walking around the walls, and you go home that night, and your wife is like, how was your day? You guys know, she's not looking for a one-word answer. How's your day? How'd it go? Did you get in, my little warrior? Did you? <laughs> like, uh, not, not really, like, well, I thought you guys were attack the city. Well, you know, no, we just, we kind of, we did a lot of stretching. Just kind of like, what do you mean? We just walked around the wall. You walked around the walls. Yeah, it's like, I think, I think Joshua thinks it's like preseason or something. And we're just sort of like stretching and limber, you know? Can you imagine that? How embarrassing? Day three, do it again. Walking, circling the city, start walking. And you know, they're, they're like, Walking around these walls, right? They're listening to like elevation worship. I thought by now they'd fall. And Joshua's like, that's good, guys. We're done. Back to camp. You know one of them, probably Tony, pulled Joshua aside and said, hey, uh, bro, can we just, can we just quick chat, quick chat? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, this whole, um, this whole circling thing. Hey, I just want to, don't get me wrong. It is excellent cardio. Okay, I'm, he looks at his Apple Watch. He's like, I'm totally getting my steps in. But I'll just be honest. I don't think this is making a lick of difference. Can we storm the gates? Can we scale the walls? And Joshua's like, no. God said, circle the city for seven days. Doesn't make sense. And it felt like forever. And guess what, friend? Prayer is like that. Sometimes when God gives you a promise, and you circle it in prayer, and he has told you that, that the walls are going to break, but they don't. Nothing happens. These guys marched for six straight days, no movement, not a single brick fell. Like, really, God? Like, I'll be honest with you guys, like, I'm, I'm kind of a motivational guy. I like to get amped up about stuff, shocker. And I'm like, if I were God, and I wanted to keep the people motivated, maybe, like, at least, like, day one, they could have walked around, and God's like, let one brick fall. And they're like, oh, oh, I think it's starting. Go day two, right, you know? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, there goes another one. It wasn't much, but at least there's progress, right? Like the guys would have been like, well, it's not really dramatic, but it's working, so let's keep walking. Notice that's not God's way. That's not actually how prayer works. Why? Because God's teaching him a lesson. If you want to see me move in a miracle, you're going to have to walk by faith, not by sight. Joshua, Kyra, Kyler, Kyler, will you do my will even if it doesn't seem to work? Will you? Like, listen to me. Think about it. If the moment you prayed, like you prayed for something and it instantly came to pass, you would have no problem praying, wouldn't you? I'd be like, I am, I'd be like the prayer, I don't know, meister. I'd be like, zap, I'm praying for this, zip, zap, and everything, right? And he'd be like, man, when I pray, man, walls fall, tesses are given out. It's like, you get all proud. And you'd be like, yeah, look what my prayers do. That's six, the number of men, what we falsely think we can do in our own effort. But God wants to know, Judy, even if you don't see progress, Will you still pray just because you love my presence? Sometimes I think God says to us, I'm going to let it seem like it doesn't work because I want to do a deeper work in you. 
See, this is the hard part. This is 301 prayer. When your situation doesn't change, it's a clue from God. He's trying to change you. Sometimes in his economy, God says, I want you to be less focused on the outcome and more focused on obedience. So let me give you a pro tip. This is a prayer hack. Lean in. Whenever you pray, church, remember this. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Can you say that with me? Read it with me. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. I was talking to a couple of you, a young couple in our church. They've been praying to buy their first house. And she was like, Pastor Tim, we're like so discouraged. She said, we've been looking for almost two years, about 20, 22 months. We have gone to 60 open houses, 60 homes, right? And she's like, every, every house, same story, right? Long lines, crazy prices. We thought when the mortgage rates dropped, went up, the prices would drop, but it didn't. We've actually been in bidding wars. Other people pay cash and we're priced out. She said, that's our mountain, Pastor Tim. Would you pray with us? And we, we prayed. And last week, she told me exciting news. She's like, hey, we actually bid on a house and our bid got accepted. I was like, really? She goes, house number 61. Can you imagine 61 homes? And then she said, but I have to be honest, I'm so nervous because we're going through inspections. We're trying to close this deal, but I'm really nervous that something's going to come up. Like it's just going to knock us out and just blow the whole thing up. And so she goes, I wish I had more faith, but I'm like, we're holding our breath, crossing our fingers. And she said, I keep telling myself, you know, don't, don't get your hopes up. You know, I said to her, I said, no, 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 no. You get your hopes up. Joshua didn't stop on six. You don't stop on 60. Because if you will pray through, God will break through. I understand some of you are tired. You're like, I've been praying for three weeks, or you're like three months, or like way before the series. I've been praying for three years, and nothing's happening. Understand, this is where the fighting gets the fiercest. When you start circling a promise in prayer, the enemy will push back at you. He will try to discourage you. He will try to take you out. He will put up signs, no entry, keep out, danger, you'll never make it. The enemy will start getting really accusational. He'll say like, who would think you are? Pray for a house market like this. You don't even have an income to support. Who do, you, who do you think you are trying to get out of debt? Your family's always been poor and broke. Who are you to lose weight? You have no self-discipline. You're not smart enough for college. It's spiritual warfare. The enemy will make the walls seem higher and higher, brick on top of brick. But if you are covered by the blood of Jesus, the enemy cannot touch you. He has no power in your life. He is a defeated enemy. Listen to me. Spiritual opposition is not a sign you must be doing something wrong. A lot of times, opposition is a sign you're doing something right because the enemy is under attack by the people of God and the power of God. And with each prayer, you are inching closer to God's breakthrough. And if you will pray through, God will break through. Say that with me. If you'll pray through, God will break through. Can you imagine what would have happened if Joshua stopped circling on day six? I mean, the people would have died on the doorstep of God's promise. So don't you stop on six. Don't you stop on 61. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of God. It says in verse 15, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. They marched around the city. How many times, church? Say it aloud. Seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priests surrounded the trumpet blast, sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, 
For the Lord has given you a city. Everyone give me a loud shout. Shout, church. Come on, shout. And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, and the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the whole city. I just feel this in my spirit. Someone is here on the verge of giving up. Someone is about to throw in the towel, pack it in, and God sent me to tell you, don't you dare stop on six. If you will pray through, God will break through and the walls will fall. Jericho will fall like Jenga. Give God a praise. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit when you're this close to victory. Don't give up because it feels hard. Don't let people talk you out of it. Don't walk by what you see. You may not see any progress, but God has a promise for you to possess. If you will pray through, if you will persevere, the walls will fall. I want you to listen to this testimony somebody sent us. They said, yesterday, I stayed back to pray with a woman named Titi on the prayer team. We always pray for people after service. Come forward, let us pray with you about my mountain. And she said, my nonprofit was $18,000 short for running payroll this week, and I didn't know what we were going to do. I needed the money by Wednesday. Listen to this praise report. I got a notification today that we were approved for a $25,000 line of credit, and they can fund us tomorrow. She said, last night when I went to pray, instead of asking God to help our situation, I started declaring, speaking to her mountain, that God was all-powerful, that he's a provider, that he's a miracle worker, and I'm just so thankful. Give God a praise. He still knocks down walls. He has provision you know not of. It made The knife may be up, but there's a ram in the thicket. Prayer is the difference between you fighting for God and God saying, no, 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 you got it backwards, Joshua. I'm a fight for you. See, if your cause is ordained by God, this battle belongs to him, amen? It's his victory to win, not yours. Notice something else about the Sabbath day. I just thought about this. The Sabbath day, the seventh day is what? It's the Sabbath. In other words, the Israelites didn't work and God says, good, I'm going to war. Don't stop on six. Don't give up just before the breakthrough. This is why we're praying for 40 days. I'll be honest with you. I, my, my prayer life has changed a little bit. For most of my adult life, I prayed very prayer 101 prayers, what I call ASAP prayers. You guys know ASAP, ASAP, as soon as possible. Lord, answer my prayer as soon as possible. But Joshua teaches us 301 prayer. You have to learn to pray ALAT prayers, A-L-A-T, as long as it takes. I am gonna circle this sucker, one, two, three, four, five, six, God, as long as it takes, I ain't giving up until my walls fall. You know what happens when you pray like that? Let me just, can I just tell you, like what, something I'm praying for. One of my daily prayers, I pray for my kids every day, but my daughter's now a senior in college, and I'm praying that she'll find a godly guy to date. Yeah, anybody else have that prayer? Okay. I pray that every day. It's just one of the mountains I'm circling for my kids, for their future spouses. And as I was praying last week, I sensed that like the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks. And literally as I'm praying, I felt like the Spirit saying to me, Tim, wrong prayer. I was like, what? I felt like God said, don't ask me for a boy to date. Ask me for a man to marry. And it was like lightning jumped in my spirit. Because as I've been praying around this mountain for years, God now is actually refining my request. And so I'm like, Lord, I, I, I pray for my daughter, but I, I don't ask for a boy to date. Would you give her a man to marry? Not a boy, a man who loves you, Jesus, and will love her. She's just 21, but understand as a father, I will pray this prayer every day of my life. 
I don't care if it takes a decade. I am fighting for my knees for a generational blessing. For grandchildren yet unborn, I'm believing the walls will fall. I know this is hard for some of you. Maybe you lay awake at night and you wonder, Lord, how much longer for me? How many more nights will, will I stay single and watch my friends get engaged and married? Woo, another wedding for her. Lord, how many, how many more chemo treatments before I get a clean scan? How much more red in my finances, God, until you stop the bleeding in my business? Listen to me. It is in the furnace of prayer that God is preparing you for his promise. Listen, lean in. While you're waiting, God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. It's literally circling the walls that actually begins giving you the strength and the stamina to fight the battle once the walls fall. Think about it. Joshua and his men, how many times they walk around? Do the math. 13 times in seven days. You know why God didn't let the brick drop on six? Because they think it was their effort. They think it was their strength. And six, God's like, no, no. That's the number of men. They would have thought it's their shout that made the walls fall. But on day seven, they circle seven times because seven is for the glory of God. Amen? That's why the priest blew those trumpets. Do, 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 do. They're reminding them that everybody, this victory comes from the Lord alone. Not your power, not your effort, not your strength. Friends, I believe in the next 40 days, for some of you, God is going to turn your test into a testimony of his grace of his healing, of his provision, not for your glory, but for his, amen? You have to believe God's promises for, for your life. Here's a powerful, write this down. I mean, you want to take a screenshot of a powerful verse? Listen to this one in 2 Corinthians. It says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and amen. In other words, the Bible says, get your hopes up. Believe me for breakthrough. You didn't come this far to quit. Don't stop now. Jesus himself guaranteed victory for his people when he said this. He said, I'm going to build my church, my church, not Tim's church, my church, Jesus says, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Notice two things. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen? So does your battle, Phil. So does your victory, Chris. Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Do you remember? It said the gates of Jericho were shut up. Nobody could go in or out. Gates are for defense. You know what it means? The church is on offense. Church, it's time for an all-out assault on the enemy. I'm just believing in Jesus' power that addictions will break. Amen? Say amen. Depression, it's going to lift. Marriages are going to heal. Prodigals are going to come home. The walls will fall in the name of Jesus. Give them a shout if you receive it. Give them a shout. Oh, I feel it. Listen. Oh, man. Mmm. I had a Celsius. I'll, cl I'll close with this, quiet thought. Remember how Joshua started the battle? He crossed the river, and he got on his knees, and he worshiped before the commander of the Lord's army. This right here is the secret to spiritual victory. Secret prayer is your secret weapon. Every time you hit your knees, you pick a fight with the enemy. 
And in the spiritual realm, you're immediately transported to the front lines of the kingdom where you are waging war against powers and principalities. And this is where the battle is won or lost on your knees. Amen? So here's the principle. Don't miss it. It's powerful. Catch this. Public victories are the result of private visits with the Lord. This is the secret. It's the private visit that Joshua had with Jesus, the commander of the angel armies that brought him the public victory. 1-0 and in the promised land. Before that first win, Joshua took off his sandals. He consecrated himself in his cause, and Jesus knocked down Jericho like a game of Jenga. This is the order of things. It's worship before warfare. It's consecration before conquest. So friends, don't stop on six. Don't stop on 61. This week, you keep circling. You keep praying. You keep believing. And you pray like every day may be the final lap for breakthrough because one day, guess what? You'll be right. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer right now. Let's bow your heads where, wherever you are, church online. I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you would say, Tim, I've got some walls in my life. I need God's help. I've tried everything else, but today I, I need Jesus to go ahead of me. Would you just raise your hand so I can see it? Raise your hand in the chat. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand straight up so I can see you. I see your hands. Listen, if Jesus can knock down the walls of Jericho, he can, he can topple walls of unbelief in your heart today. Walls of doubt and fear and become your savior, your Lord, your commander. The most important thing you'll ever do in life and surrender your heart completely to Jesus in this moment. So I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender and salvation right where you are. Just open up your hands, your eyes closed. Pray these words out loud after me. Let's hear everybody praying out loud. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you now. Break down the walls in my heart. Fill me with fresh faith. Today, I put my full trust in Jesus Christ. I believe you are the one true God. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross. Forgive my sins. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day. Now come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I put my full faith in you. I release this battle to you. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your strength to walk in victory every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, let out a loud shout for new believers. Welcome to the family of God. Praise God for you guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.